0: Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Talking League.
1: And welcome back to Around the Traps, a special collaboration between Talking League and Super Coach Whisperer, Jason Robson here in the host chair, would like to say we've got a full complement this week. Plenty happened in the NRL preseason this week, but before we do, let's get the crew involved, and from the Talking League side of things, we've got TK, mate, how
0: are? Hello Robbo, doing really well, finally get to do a bit of a collab with my boy Joshy, so really, really glad that we're doing this, and yeah, let's let's do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And as TK alluded to there, we can actually do a proper collaboration with Supercatch Whisper, because Whisper's with us. Josh, thanks for joining us. How's your week been?
0: Robo, thanks
2: for having me, TK. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, week's been fantastic. A lot of news to, to unravel today, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get straight into it.
1: We sure will. But before we do that, just a heads up for the listeners, this podcast will be going out on both Talking League feed and the Dual Position podcast feed, and give a bit of context to the listeners, what we're going to do for this episode is just briefly go through what each podcast offers to the listeners, and where you can find them on the socials, and starting with you, TK, for... NRL fantasy coaches, what is it the Talking League can offer them, and where can we find Talking League on the socials?
0: Yeah, so Talking League, we're currently ripping through the 16-team previews. Every Monday night, we do the live doctor or team doctor live on Facebook. That's going to be at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So essentially, we invite two punters from our community to come in, chat with the boys, rip their teams apart. For the next two Wednesdays at 7.30, we we'll also do a live Q&A for the punters. That's at yeah 7.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. After the two weeks, it's going to move to 8.30 because the Queensland boys are going to take it over. But essentially, the Talking League textbook, that will be out Jan 30. I'm very confident, though, it's going to be out Australia Day. So 17 teams, 23 players per team, strategy and draft classic, power rankings, 180 pages. So be on the lookout for that. It's 1995. And 20% of all those profits will go straight to Bow Cancer Australia. So looking forward to it. We've got a rip-up pre-season planned. And then during the normal season, we'll have five podcasts a week. So we've got plenty happening.
1: Certainly do indeed. So plenty to look forward to there on the NRL fantasy side of things. And same question to you, Josh. For any budding NRL supercoach players out there, what is it Super supercoach Whisperer can offer players? And where can we find you on the socials?
2: Uh, you alluded to before. The dual position podcast is my uh, podcast host. That alongside with SC Adriana Uh we're currently midway through our sixteen or seventeen teams now. Preview. Uh, once those are finished up, we'll definitely be diving into the position breakdowns, wrapping those up with a uh, pretty detailed stats. Uh, moving into the season, uh, just doing your regular super coach previews, uh, Tuesday and Sunday. As for the socials, um, I provide daily content on you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, a lot of visual stuff for, for guys out there that prefer that side of format compared to, you know, the audio aspect of it. Um, for the podcast, it's the Dual Position Podcast, wherever you do get your podcasts from. And for any socials, it's at SC SCWhisperer. Uh, that's with two ERs at the end uh, on basically any social media platform.
1: Terrific. Thanks for that, Josh. And, yeah, I've had to listen to a couple of the episodes, thoroughly enjoy them. So anyone who hasn't listened to them or is looking to get in Supercoach, certainly check those out. Let's get into the news, though, for this week, though, lads. And we're going to start in the shy TK and... Let me have comments from Wade Graham, and I'm not talking about what he said about the collective bargaining agreement.
0: Yeah, we've been waiting for this for a little while, considering he's formed in the last month of the season. A lot of Sharks fans wanted this move, and he's talking about him moving to the middle and Teague Wilton coming in onto the left edge permanently. So it's not too much of a surprise, but it is a surprise more that Wade's actually commented on it this far out from the season. So a little bit of food for thoughts there with Teague Wilton. He's an outstanding prospect. I know Fitz absolutely loves him because he's a Fitz prototype. He had a bit of a start last year because Wade didn't start last year because he got his sydnessmosis. So he actually started, well, he got 11 starts on the edge last year for a 49 average. He's got a great work rate, scores fantasy stats across the park, runs a great line off Matt Moylan. He averaged 0.5 of a try last year, and that's just running really good lines. Has plenty of improvement to him as well because he missed two and a half tackles a game last year as well. I am anticipating a seven-minute roll, but just in a fantasy-wise, I probably would prefer, prefer if you're running Cleary with him because the Sharks have a buy early, not Nico Hines because you essentially lose Nico Hines, 900 grand, plus Teague Wilton. So essentially, it puts you at 1.4, 1.5 million off the cap with two players. So I would say if you go in the Cleary group, I definitely would lock him in because I think he's a stronger contender and I think he would have a bigger role than the likes of Eli Katoa and maybe even Luke Gardner.
1: Yeah, good shout. And from a super coach perspective, Josh, is Wilton someone that's going to be on the mind of a lot of coaches?
0: Yeah, I think uh, TK
2: alluded to it. It's definitely a minutes thing if we can get some kind of uh you know confirmation that he's playing 65 70 plus minutes. He's an absolute stud in in Supercoach. He's priced slightly higher than Luke Garner uh, and, and in that same Katar mold as as TK alluded to and he I think he just presents far more consistency uh and even upside. You know, we've got Katau who is still raw and Garner unknown. So, Wilton, if we can get the minutes, absolutely love him as a prospect.
0: Yeah, Rob, I was yeah. just going to talk about Wade Graham as well because, you know, trap for young players in both both Supercoach and NRL Fantasy going off name value. I do anticipate that he'll probably move into the Fafita role. Fafita was like kind of like the cheerleader slash leader on the bench. He'll play his 20, 30 minutes, really become this team guy, and he's in the search for one more ring, right? So just see trap for young player. Don't go off the name value only. Wade Graham's a great player, one of my favourite players of all time, but he's at the end of his career, and he's buying into it too. So.
1: Yeah, and as you said previously, that sort of NBA-style veteran role is going to suit the Sharks quite well with Way Graham. And we're going to stay in the there for our next story, though, Josh. And we've got a bit of clarification that Lachlan Miller might not be there in a couple of weeks. Yeah, this one's
2: been sort of brewing for the last couple of weeks. Will he, won't he uh, be heading to to Newcastle? With the injury to Callum Ponga, you'd think this speeds up the process. Uh, But Miller's deal will be finalised over the next fortnight uh, does allow that 28 year old rugby union sevens convert to join the new site in 2023. According to News Corp, uh, the Sharks were initially against releasing Miller just because they do want someone in return. Um, but he is contracted until the end of 2023 and are now letting willing to let him go, uh, because they just can't match the money that Miller wants or the opportunity that the Knights are offering.
1: Yeah, and from an NRL fantasy perspective, I mean, when you've got a player that went to high school at John Paul College, you just got to throw him in your team because you know he's going to be high quality, and I'm definitely not biased there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's... Let's head across the ditch, though. And Coach Webster's had plenty to say in relation to the forwards and some really interesting comments in particular relating to Marata Niakore and Mitch Barnett.
0: Yeah, I like Webster. Very, very open. Given us plenty already. So it's great to see him lock in Toru as a captain because I think he's the kind of heart and soul of that team. But with Mar- Marata Kore, good thing that he's not playing centre because if he's playing centre, it just sends a message through that entire team that, you know, the sensors in the squad are pretty useless, right? But he's just an out-and-out either edge or middle cover, which I think he'll probably play 50, 60 minutes. Could be a little bit of value there for Nakore. I want to see him more kind of in the trials. He was talking about him and Barnett switching between edge and middle, so showing a few different looks there. Probably more interested in Barnett at this stage, 617K. Has a bit of a background there. You know, last year on edge, he had about five games. You know, you take out that send-off game against Penrith, and he actually averaged 55 from his 77 minutes. So depending on what position he plays and the amount of minutes, I guess I spoke about this. We haven't released it yet, our Warriors preview. The biggest thing about the Warriors, we just don't know a lot about their kind of minutes split and also – does the coach want to start getting some of these bigger guys offloading again? Because they lost that under Nathan Brown. So I would love to see that. Really keen to see their first trial. But, yeah, both Mitch Barnett and Adam Fanoa-Blake are both in my sights again, man.
1: Very interesting. And Josh, with uh, near court and Barnett, are either of those of interest in Supercoach?
0: See, I'm of a, I'm a different opinion. I think it's a bit of a
2: dog's breakfast here at the Warriors. I, I do love Webster being open as he is. Uh, in any kind of fantasy sport, we love when a coach is as open as they are. Um, But for a similar price in Supercoach, you can get someone like a Nat Butcher, who, for me, has a far greater role. And in Supercoach, we know it's all about attack and Butcher in a much better side. I just think uh the price is a little bit unsure for me for Barnett. And the role, I'm not too sure how many minutes we're going to see in this hybrid middle-edge role.
0: Hey, Joshy, just on that, because I'm I'm keen on Butcher too, but I'm finding I've got too many roosters in my team and they've got an early buy. I know that you guys have got a bigger squad in Supercoach, but how many realistic players, especially from these teams in the first six rounds or so, would you take early in terms of a total number?
2: Yeah, this is sort of what's putting me off Luke Garner in all honesty because I'm do loving the idea of having Cleary coach, uh and then, you know, Brian Toto, I think, is a discounted price. So, I don't want to have too many. Uh, I'm kind of aiming for around three, um, four if it's like a must-have cheapie, uh, but, you know, three, three sort of max because you do allude to that buy.
0: Yeah, I only bring that up because in NRL Fantasy Rules, we've only got two trades in those first six rounds. Do you guys have a changing – is it consistent across the park or do you have different – weeks that you can trade higher.
2: Yeah, so Supercoach isn't officially released until around Australia. Day. I think that's when the rules will be finalized. But going off last year, last year was the first year that Supercoach introduced uh, what's called the trade boost, which you get five of those a year. Um, we can effectively trade two any anytime apart from the buys when I think we get five, whereas mm-hmm. the trade boosts allow you to have up to three. So yeah, we're not as restricted as you guys. So we could basically make 10 trades in the first... Uh, four weeks if we wanted to. So yeah, nailing out those mistakes you made in the preseason. But I do like the idea of the fantasy having uh, you know, allowances on how often you can use them because uh as many listeners out there know, I'm sure you can burn through trades pretty quickly if you're not too careful.
1: Yeah, they certainly can and I think that's what the you NRL know, was trying to do with the new mechanism they put in last year just to try to keep the interest, you know, past round eighteen so people aren't running out of trades and Josh, keeping with you, we're going to go to the next story, and we're looking at the Dragons, with Toto Amone formally stood down this week, but his likely replacement is probably not going to make it in round one either.
2: Yeah, it just goes from bad to worse from the boys from Cogra. We know that Amone um, is is stood down thanks to his antics a couple of weeks ago, and the likely replacement, Jaden Sullivan, is facing a fight to be fit for round one after suffering a hamstring injury. Uh, On Wednesday, the Dragons did confirm Sullivan, who like, let's not be honest, does have a history of hamstring issues. He's expected to be out for up to six weeks. With the preseason schedule they've got happening, they do face St. Helens on February the 11th, and they obviously have the traditional charity Shield game against South Sydney on the 18th of February in Mudgee. I'm probably not seeing him suit up for for both those games. They are racing him to be ready for round one. Thankfully, the Dragons do have the bye in the first week, so it does give him a little bit more leeway. Um, I guess the question then comes to who takes that role if he is to be out long term. Moses by probably shapes up to be the the halves partner for Ben Hunt, although Jack Bird does spend time in the halves. You know, every now and then. It's also worth noting Moses Mbai is the club's backup hooker behind Jacob Little, and with Cody Ramsey probably not being fit, uh, you know, for the first half of the year with everything he's got going on, and By probably shapes up as the backup fullback behind Tyrell Sloan as well. So. Uh, and by's going to have a uh, you know a lot of numbers on the back of his jersey if Sullivan you know isn 't ready for round one
1: yeah no it's uh and it 's a good point you make there in relation to and by being the backup hooker and t k from a fantasy perspective, we know a lot of coaches are looking at Jack bird as a set and forget center you know being out of position. But with the risk that he might end up in the halves, is that something that would steer you away from, say, taking him in round one? A million. I concluded.
0: Yeah, a million percent, mate. Like, that's my biggest thing. I want Jack Bird in my team, but I need him to be playing 13 and 13 every single week. And I just don't think it's happening because he's a jack of all trades. It just seems that every week that the Dragons just fall into more and more problems. And it's Jack's Bird's solution. He's the solution every time. So it's just one of those things that why waste 600K? If he got into a, you know, maybe the back end of the season when they maybe can get a little bit of clarity about where his role is, but for the opening rounds, given that they have a buy-in round one, it's just too hard to probably take Jack Bird. But the other guy that's always in the radar is Ben Hunt. I've got so many messages about him. Josh, did you get many about him this week? Because, yeah, it just seems that everyone thinks that he's going to be the catalyst. But for me, he's coming off a career year, and he's still only averaged 46 in fantasy land. How did he go kind of super coach-wise? He's
2: just a very honest player, isn't he? I think across supercoach and, and fantasy, he's just a very honest guy. You know what you're getting from him? Um, yeah, did have that career year last year. I just think in supercoach, we know it's all about attack and you're looking at Hines, Cleary. And for me, if you're not going to go those two, I, I really like the idea of Sam Walker. I know you had a big narrative brewing of him last year. I think we got to continue that narrative again Mate, this year, though. I mean- so, yeah Ben Ben Hunt for me I'm just I'm not a not a fan uh, in years gone by for Supercoach he was available at Hooker as well yep. which was was nice because Hooker can be a little bit of a dry spot um but yeah being halfback only in Supercoach I'm just I'm not a fan this Dragon side we we all wrote them off last year and they you know exceeded expectations i'm just not too sure if lightning can strike twice and if there's going to be enough points here you mentioned ben hunt being the catalyst but he's been the catalyst you know every year and yep. he's never taken that next step in in fantasy or super coach so it's a big miss for me yeah i agree
1: Yes, no, I think Ben Hunt will just be just below the guns in uh, fantasy. But let's roll into our final story for this week, and it's probably the biggest story just in the NRL general this week, and that's with Stephen Crichton uh, confirmed by News Corp to be heading to the Bulldogs from 2024 for a four-year deal. As we know, Bulldogs love to sign, you know, a couple of Panthers players with Uncle Gus at the helm there. And question to you, Josh, with with Crichton is. Do you think the fact that he's got his future sorted is going to mean he's going to come in with a nice, clear mind, just enjoy playing with his mates for one final crack at a a premiership, or do you think it might cause a bit of friction and a slow start for the Panthers?
2: I think the Panthers have built enough of a culture, uh, in their organization that, the people are leaving, you know, do play well. We just look at Matt Burton from a couple of years ago. He's still slot into that side, um, regardless. So for me, Crichton, oh, I think if you do have stocks in Brian Toto, I wouldn't be too put off, um, by, by the signing. I think, you know, going, going around for one last, uh, heyday is, is fantastic. The, the friction might come if they do struggle as to some people are predicting. I know a lot of people have them missing their top four, which is, Probably ludicrous, but if they do, you know, start slow then yeah, maybe tensions do fly because Penrith have been flying high for you know the last 24, 36 months.
1: They certainly have. And and TK, from a fantasy perspective, we're just hoping the Croton has a bit of a quiet year this year. So next year when he's a fullback, we get a nice cheap dual position keeper fullback from round one.
0: Yeah, well that's the thing, biggest thing, right? Well he lost his dual. So there goes his value straight off the bat. He's fully priced after an outstanding year last year. Six hundred and fourteen K is just too much to pay for someone like a center. With uh, he's also got a background of kind of being a bit of a roller coaster as well, right? But just on that that Penrith part, like I do expect them actually to start slowly. I just don't know how how they can mo- like it's going to be very interesting. I think my biggest kind of question mark is how they motivate themselves for a third team with probably their weakest team coming in. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting just to see if they've changed the attacking shape as well because both Appy and you know Kickout both was just such a huge part of what they did. So my biggest things is kind of where does Garner fit on that left edge? Do they see more of a balanced offense? Because they used to run down the left side a lot. And then also how they use Dylan Edwards because, you know, for a team that smashes it and scores, you know, they're, they're pretty much the top try scoring team in the NRL. They don't use their fullback a lot out the back as well. So they've got a different style of play to a lot of other teams in the NRL. So it'll be interesting to see if he takes more of a ball-playing capacity because Mitch, Mitch Kenny isn't a natural kind of – he's not Apicorosal-style hooker. So he's kind of the more defensive-style hooker. Whether he shares some minutes with Sonny Luke there is going to be – a little bit interesting to see, but Sonny Luke's a 26-year-old rookie as well, so who knows what we're going to get out of them. So plenty of question marks there on the Panthers. If they win the title this year, I reckon it'll be their biggest challenge for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing as well that'll be interesting is a if bit, they a bit of new blood in the team this year, obviously Garner probably is going to start, as we expect, on the left edge. Kenny getting the starting role there. So that potentially, you know, a couple of new motivated faces in there might keep the Panthers rolling this year. I mean, they'll definitely be in the mix somewhere. Uh, although your Sharks are probably my favourites at the moment for the premiership this year, TK, and I'm not doing that as a jinx. I just think that they're looking really (laughs) good coming into round one, although they're going to get beat by 40 points in round one, as we know, by the mighty Cardinals and Myrtle. That's the major stories for this week. We're just going to go through a, a few minor lines, and we're going to start with a couple of fullbacks, and the first one is Ryan Pappenhausen. As many people would have seen on social media this week, he's completed his two weeks of reconditioning in the US with specialist Bill Knowles. This stage, questionable for round one. Probably doesn't have too much value in NRL fantasy to start with anyway, Josh. Is that the same in Supercoach?
2: 100%. Um, I was against spending the money on Turbo last year. I'm very much against spending the money on Papenhausen as well. Even if he is fit for round one, a lot of his value presents in the goal kicking. So can we even guarantee that he will be goal kicking round one? I'm not, not too sure.
1: Yeah, speaking of Travojevic, he's actually the next story on the line here, and he's actually visiting, you guessed it, Bill Knowles. At this stage, he's in the middle of 20 sessions across 10 days with the renowned specialist, and at this stage, significant doubt for round one, and my personal opinion is that they should probably just let him uh, aim for round three. They've got the buy in round two, give him a couple of extra weeks of solid rehab there, and Peter Peters actually had some interesting comments on, on that. I don't know if anyone saw those. Yeah. He mentioned that probably not good to play the Bulldogs week one because of Matt Burton's high bombs, which I actually like that perspective because often with the criticism or comments on NRL plays, it can obviously be uh, without merit. And that was uh, yeah, an interesting perspective from
0: Peter Peters. Yeah. Bill Knowles must be a millionaire right now. Like, Jesus, he's getting, some, he's getting fed some money. Like, I would, after what he did for Latrell, I'd be charging probably 10 times for these two boys. The old hamstring whisperer.
1: Yeah, maybe he can start his own podcast, but uh, no, he does do a lot of work with lots of athletes in the States, like baseball players, American football players, I think he maybe even had a couple of tennis players go through there as well. So yeah, I don't think he'd be short of a quid. Uh, speaking of quid, uh, we're talking about a British player here, and that's John Boehm. He's still currently waiting his work permits. Uh, now, the reason for the delay with this is the NRL hadn't ratified his contract for some time. I imagine it's quite a sizable contract, so probably took a bit of time for the salary cap orders to sign that one off. But... Once that's granted, he'll actually be able to come over to Australia and train with the side. I imagine at this stage is just training over in the UK, but uh, probably not too much. I don't think anyone's going to be picking Bateman from the start, but maybe Sean Bloor might get a boosted role uh, in the first month or so, so keep our ears cleared for that. Back to the Titans. We spoke about a fair bit last week, and Travis Main has basically got the scoop on the entire back line. We spoke about the fact that it will be Boyd and Foran in the halves with Brimson at fullback. Going into the trials, the left edge will be Philip Sammy at left centre, Alufiana at pereira at left wing, on the right-hand side Aaron Schopp at right centre, and Sesefo Fafita will be the right wing. Keeping in mind that Brian Kelly probably has to slot himself in there somewhere, but potentially a couple of cheapies uh, in both games to keep an eye out for in round one. And lastly, Albert Kelly signed with the Q Cup Red, red Cliff Dolphins, which feed the NRL team. Now, I don't think he'll be getting a spot in the Dolphins anytime soon, but again, something to keep an eye out for later in the season if there's any injuries. And last one, unconfirmed rumours at this stage in relation to Nathan Brown and Wonga Blake having been injured at Parramatta training. Uh, Wonga Blake being out uh, could be something that makes a cashy comeback. And we're looking at the potential revival of a one certain Zach Sini, which I'm sure everyone's really looking forward to after his previous efforts in NRL Fantasy and Supercoach. And, oh, actually, looking at the notes here, apparently that is now official with a release coming out from Parramatta. So uh, we'll just have to look, wait and see what happens on the training park uh, in the coming week. That's all the news for this week. Plenty, plenty of stories there. And, boys, you've certainly been training the house down because that was effort from both of you. Now, TK, what's coming up on Talking League this week?
0: Talking League this week, we've got the Warriors preview and we're also dropping Penrith Panthers Monday, P- Panthers... Warriors Wednesday, and we've got Sydney Roosters on Friday. Those live shows again, Monday night. We've got Team Doctor, 7.30... Sorry, 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time and 7.30 Wednesday, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time for the live Q&A.
1: Terrific. And, Josh, solid debut from you on Around the Traps. What's coming up on the Dual Position podcast this week?
2: Uh, this week, we've got a couple of heavy hitters. We have Manly, the Cowboys, Melbourne, the Warriors, and the Knights to round out our 17-team preview. Then we'll be heading into the position breakdown, which is uh, the fun, exciting, stats-heavy stuff.
0: Ooh, I love it.
1: Yeah, absolutely love the stats here. So that wraps us up for Episode 2 of Around the Traps 2023. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week.